0: we're belling up we're actually in a bar that's not my bar today but it's somebody else's bar it's it's like this is uh what is it one of those uh interstellar not interstellar what's the movies where it's like inception inception where it's like a dream inside of a dream it's a bar inside of a bar inside of a bar so we have the distinct opportunity today folks we're belling up to the bar with john is it Curtin or Certain Curtin. Curtin. Yeah, I'm John, I'm certain it is John Curtin that we're <laughs> belling out to the bar with today. Uh, one of the owners of Albany Distilling Company. He's a historian of Albany uh, distilling of New York uh, fermented beverages. Um, I prefer the term nerd. Ner- term ner- so nerd. You nerd know. of, of all these things. <laughs> uh, on, on top of what? On top of some of the the niceties that that. Uh, John uh, has—he has the distinction of harassing Lord Commander Cuomo at one point in time, which we're definitely going to tell that story because I find it hilarious. Sure. Because I think all politicians are clueless to what's around them. Um, He's done a little bit of everything, so we're—we're going to say it now. John, welcome to the bar. Uh, Thanks for having me. Welcome, likewise. Welcome welcome to
1: the bar. And welcome
0: to your—I'm welcome to his bar as he's as I'm. It'll just go back and forth this whole time. So let's go ahead and do some house cleaning. As you can see, folks that are watching us live right now, we don't have our normal distinction of uh, having the big sign with the Ravens logo behind us, but that's okay. Uh, You can still send us. If you have a cause, you know, sticker and a cause, if you have something that you're supporting, something you believe in, whether it be a charitable organization, whether it be a podcast you're doing, if you have a bar, you have a distilling company that you're trying to support, whatever it is that you're trying to do, You can send us a message through Facebook, the Above the Bar podcast, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch. All of those are the Above the Bar podcast. Or Instagram is the Above the Bar podcast. The only one that's different because they just don't like me for whatever reason is Twitter. But you can still type in the Above the Bar podcast and it'll pop up. But it's at Above the Bar 4 on Twitter. And uh, John and I are going to hold hands here for a moment. (laughs) We're almost dead. Uh, uh... I love to have somebody as squirrely as me around who's just like, wait a sec, I need to. I need to fix can, can I get a hammer get it, yeah. in the middle of in the middle of this? Sh- can I just get a hammer? We're this just gonna fix this. This is
1: the this is the uh, occupational hazard. doing it here. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna get up in the middle of the podcast
0: and be really? like
1: scrapes off. awful.
0: Uh, oh, there's something over there. I, it's good to have somebody as squirrely as I am. The other side to this, folks, is if you need to up the octane of your podcast or your your media thing, make sure you reach out to Media by Dibs. He's on LinkedIn as Andrew Dibble, all his other social media is media by dibs. You mentioned belly up to the bar. He's gonna give you a 10% discount on your first uh, your first piece of media and a free consultation. He's another Marine supporting veterans. Let him know what you're looking for and he'll take care of you. All right, all the accoutrement is done. I am sitting, I'm gonna say this right now, and I wanna if you haven't had Albany distilling, which I'm gonna plug John. Many times <laughs> in this, but one of the things I'm going to tell him that I'm so happy about. So, everybody who listens to the show knows I like Heaven's Hill bourbon, that's something I enjoy. Yeah, although it's perfect, I mean, it's, it's and I, I've, I've enjoyed that for a while, but I went to go pick up some Heaven's Hill bourbon not long ago and $60 for a bottle of what's really not. I have a friend that lives in Kentucky and he'll tell you. Bro, that, that shit's everywhere. What yeah. what? What's the reason? But I talked to some of the distributors up here, and they've gotten into the whole. They've gotten into the game of what what's the right term when they don't send you enough of it. Oh oh, uh, scarcity. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, artificial scarcity. Yeah, artificial okay. scarcity. Saying, "Oh no, we don't. We don't have enough." All right. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm going to tell all of you is go find you some iron weed and. It's not 420 weed, folks. It's the other kind of iron weed. But go find you some because the reality of it is one of the things that that John and his partner have done to make sure that everything stays right is they refuse to fake being scared. And they didn't boost their prices during COVID. And and that in and of itself, John, let me give you one more of these. (laughs) So, so let's, let's get, get in into this. this. So, so let's start, start with how did, let's talk about the birth of Albany This How did yeah. that come about? I mean,
1: it was really, I man, I'll, I'll the, the anecdotal, jokey version is that I was, I was a teacher before this.
0: I was, I was an English
1: teacher, and teaching led to lots of drinking. So I thought, let's just <laughs> cut the middle in right out here. Let's just, it's just uh, um, so that was sort of the, the genesis of, of, of it. it was, um, just wanting something a little bit different to do. Uh, I've, I've been teaching for a long time. Not a long time. I felt like forever. I, I taught for about three years. And uh, I actually moved back to Albany. Um, I, uh, I was actually, the last place I lived before I moved back here was Scotland. Um, what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, a, a, so before that, I was in Providence I I was teaching uh, in Attleboro in, in southeast Massachusetts there. Um Teaching middle school, which is a nightmare, uh, but Scotland had a teaching shortage, um, which was odd. Uh, and so I figured, like, I was young, I was in you know, mid mid twenties, late twenties, and uh, I wondered odds of me ever being able to move to an English-speaking European country with my minimal qualifications. I right, had an English degree,
0: uh, so I thought,
1: I'll. I'll Give it a shot. I, um, I applied to a few different schools. One of them uh, asked me for an interview. I went during my February break and I just hopped in the plane. Uh spent, spent the day there interviewing. And they offered me the job on the spot. So, uh, so a couple months later, I was back in the plane. So I lived there for about a year. Um, There's a, there a distillery near us where I lived. I was in the middle of nowhere. It's called Shenrar. It was in the, the southwest corner. It was really. Um, yeah, middle of nowhere doesn't even begin to describe our, <laughs> our closest uh, movie theater was about forty five minutes to an hour away in an air. Right, it was really this uh, this backwater, uh, beautiful area, uh, one of the most untouched parts of Europe, actually, oddly. Anyway, um,
2: I was there for a year
1: and I was teaching English and English literature, and grammar, all that stuff. And what I what I realized was that my students didn't have. And it, and, well, we you ever seen the consequences of this now? But they, these are kids are growing up with the internet, and they had no idea how to distinguish good from bad information. Right? They we're seeing again, like right. now it's it's, it's, it's been uh, come full circle, and it's you know global consequences. But basically, these kids would go on, uh, and they would do the research. The easy example uh, is we to catch on the eye, right,
0: which they all hated. Uh, um. You mean they didn't enjoy old English literature? Like,
1: I mean, it's it's interesting. Like the can, like the classical canon of literature, um, is you know, it's like there's basically it's like what what exists by default, right? Like there there wasn't a ton of literature that survived from that era, uh, like the you know, from Middle Ages, for example. Like we did Beowulf and all other like very typical middle English thing, but uh, there's such a broad range of 20th century literature that's fantastic. And every school is the same garbage. Anyway, this is a total side type. <laughs> Wait, Left turns is all. <laughs> <different>. We, we had <laughs> <hit> hard left. <laughs> left turns, uh, it's nothing <laughs> wrong. With it. uh, so these kids, you know, they were all juniors in high school. we were, we were doing catch on the Rye. They all hated it. Uh, they thought Holden was an idiot, which I mean, I, I don't disagree. Uh, and, and they also, they thought it was very pandering, right? Like, like, this is what adults think of kids kind of a thing, which is way off the mark. And I agree with them. Anyway, so that was a good hook. It was it was nice that they, like most books, they're kind of indifferent about, uh, like, like Shakespeare, they kind of take it or leave it, but they were really, they really hated Catching the Rye, so they were very passionate about it. And so it was, I got some of my best work out of them because they were so pissed off that, about it. Um, anyway, so they, they wrote these phenomenal research papers, and they a lot of them are, were taking the argument or taking the position that Holden Caulfield is not a typical teenager. Like, like he is not, it's not a good example of what life as a teenager is like. Um, so they, they use that, they, they channel that resentment very well. Anyway, so they're writing, they're writing these papers and they're these really well, well done, well cited uh, papers and they, get, they, use a lot, they use a lot of good information from the book. Um, but then I went and looked at their, at their sources.
0: And it was you know, Wikipedia.
1: They were setting Prozac.com to talk about depression. Uh, <laughs> this is. That doesn't make any it sense. It does, but, but, but you can't. That was a source, exactly. Because then there were sixteen-year-old kids. They, you know, was this timeline wise They were born, you know, early '90s. So they had never known an era without the internet. Nobody had ever sat them down and said, "Like, hey, folks, these are these are legitimate sources. These are not. You know, these are if, if you're if you're looking at." information this is how to tell you know where it's coming from what the biases are and none of that
0: proof sourcing exactly. exactly. yeah
1: yeah and, and, and really like if you think about it when we were kids we didn't necessarily have that either except that it took there was there was a barrier to entry right if you're if you're, if you're writing a, an academic text or uh you know a research, research paper or something yeah, it had to be published, right? So there so there were layers of process. Exactly. And and there were lots of eyes that saw it. But now anybody can publish anything.
0: Yeah, no, that's and- that's kind of the thing. Like anybody can be a publisher. Yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you. So a buddy of mine, Lincoln, mm-hmm. who's been on, who's mm-hmm. uh been published in Whiskey Magazine and all that, mm-hmm. he wants you to know uh he lucked out and never had to to read not catcher in the Rye, just ride, just <laughs> Rye. But I'm gonna tell you, Lincoln, uh if when you get a chance, and I got to get you out of New York City. I know you're scared to leave the city sometimes. We get you up here at Albany Distilling, and you have their malt. Like, their rye is unbelievable, but when you have their malt, that's the one that I tell everyone. It's the only whiskey I've ever had that tastes like summer hmm. because it tastes, as soon as it hits the inside of your nose, um it instantaneously is like um you smell leather like a, a fresh baseball glove. How bad that uh, oh being told we got a little bit of an echo here, but Lincoln did just did just say um journalism one oh one confirm, confirm, confirm. Hours in the library. Yeah, uh, Jeanette, who's from over there. We have a bottle of ironweed bourbon batch number three, bottle number seven, Her husband refuses to open it. How, how, how long was it aged? Uh, what's the age on that chat? And I'm going to tell you, I. And, now, see, it's funny that he would refuse to open that. And I, I want to get your feeling on this because I watched a great documentary called mm-hmm. Meat. Mm-hmm. And it has one of the, the master distillers from over at uh, Buffalo Trace. And mm-hmm. his father was a master distiller there. And the father had given him whatever that real expensive one from Buffalo traces. It's a person's eagle rare. Oh, Oh, happy, happy. That's it. And he had a bottle of happy and he's like, Oh, I'm not going to, going to open this and and this whole thing. And and the father was like, why, why are you not? It was made to be enjoyed. Right. I mean, there's, I can see both sides
1: of it though. Right. Like I have, I have bottles from my first few batches. I wish I had more honestly, but, uh, at the time, it was like you know, got to keep lights on, it wasn't a, well, it? Well, that's different. Yeah, and they're fun. To, they're fun to open up, right? And I and I think part of it is, and and a lot of this was was uh, a more recent revelation, so to speak. Uh, maybe revelation's a bit extreme, but um, something I've thought a lot about with with COVID, right? Like I've I've got bottles at home, not not my bottles, but other other whiskeys uh, that. <laughs> Uh, are are not for consumption, right there, which is silly, right? So to to, to use another example, um, so this place I lived in, in Scotland, this uh again middle of nowhere. There was a distillery somewhat nearby called Bladnach. and it the the Scottish you know the, the Scotch industry is, is a weird world. Uh, a lot of big players that kind of control the small players. Anyway, so Bladnach was this tiny little place, and uh, it's been opened and closed, opened and closed over the past century or so, right? Just just I mean, because just delicious, uh, not non peated lowland malt. Um, and I and I was over there, uh, visited them. You know, there was they, they ran me through the whole the whole place. Again, they don't get many tourists there. It's really the, it's off the beaten path, like, like a, it, this it, is the beaten path and was, was off the beaten path, path. and then there's where I was living. Uh, <laughs> and so you know they like, came to the run of the place. And when I got home I realized that I hadn't I hadn't brought a bottle of ladnick with me, which is this, disappointing. Anyway, I was in, in one of the local liquor stores here and uh, there's a series of scotches, it's a signatory series. I don't know if it still exists. Um I oh, okay. All right. I don't know if it still exists, but anyway uh, it was in the bottom shelf. It was dusty. And it was a, it was a bottle of 14 year old vladnik whiskey that I got for, I don't know, 30 bucks because nobody had ever, it's you no, know, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, that bottle is never going to be opened. Um, or I no plans to open it. It's just like, it's just, it, which, which is silly.
0: Well, you found something. It, you found a jewel.
1: Yeah, but it's. What's the use of it if, if it's another delivery drink? Right? It's just under decoration. Now, on the
0: other hand, um, <laughs> I have to tell you, Jeanette says it's not because he doesn't want to drink it. It's because it's one of the first few of a new batch of the batch that was ever made and bought other since. So, all right, there's yeah. support. So, okay. Well, well, not, we forgive, not, you. Not, yeah, we a forgive a you, Jeanette. Yeah. We, we love Jeanette because Jeanette is or you lived in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Jeanette lived in the most exotic place of anyone I've ever known. She lived in Papua New Guinea. Oh, like how cool is that? That's, that's very cool. And uh, Lincoln says that you should put on the bottle. Tastes like summer.
2: <laughs> uh, Nate wants us to send a
0: bottle out to Maryland, but that actually brings up a point. I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if we can talk about this. Can we talk about? The, uh,
2: whatever
0: you want. I'm just saying. Like I don't know if it was to, for for everyone's consumption about where we're going to be able to find this. Albany oh, Distilling here soon.
1: Uh, and the whiskeys, unfortunately, are still pretty. Limited in, in scope, just because we, we can't. We don't have much. I mean, we, we have a tiny little still, uh, six hundred gallons, me six hundred liters, but one hundred sixty gallons. Um, we make about two barrels a week. That's it. You know, that's running the running the still six times a week, six days a week, uh, which amounts to you know, eighty or ninety barrels a year, give or take. And then they sit there and they leak for four years. And then yeah, that's, that's a whole, we can talk about that later. Uh, they suddenly leak for four years. And then, and then when we buy them, we get maybe, you know, 300, 320 bottles
0: per barrel. So we, we really struggle to keep it in stock and, and it's, it's not a bad problem to have, but, uh, but it's not in a douchey way either. It's not like, Oh,
1: just everything we make, we sell. Um, we we don't really, we, we don't, the only time we hold things back, honestly, are for the bar, if, uh, this is sorry sorry customers uh but the bar gets priority right if it like that's it but
0: otherwise well because this is going to be the simplest place and and folks if you're in the albany area it's on living livingston ave just down from um the leo bryan building right right off the hut, you know off the hudson a little bit but i'm going to tell you this is as soon as i got in here it reminded me of a bar from back home in baltimore mm-hmm. or in you would see this in new york city it's the red brick inside it's the uh the subway tile covering the bar um you there's, can't see that there's, you know, there's a foot of snow right beautiful patio nice big patio out back so I, i'm and, and for those of you that are pizza whores um what's the, the De Fazio's, the Fazios but it's, What's the show? Oh, uh, the pizza guy that everybody talks so high. Barstool, Barstool
1: sports, Barstool, Barstool sports pizza guy. It's where, One of his
0: favorite pizzas ever. Yeah. Like he goes to the Fazio's. The guy doesn't miss the place. So I want to tell you, we might have something kind of like already doesn't have, like they do have tiny hot dogs. I always talk about the tiny hot dogs because I like the tiny hot dogs, but you gotta, you gotta definitely get it. But, uh, nate wants to know what's the difference between the stills like what's the
1: well we only have one still uh but like and speaking generally there are two I guess I guess two guess and a half major kinds of still uh one is the, the pot still, which is uh batch distillation that's what you see you know going back thousands of years to the the earliest form of distillation it's really not complicated science-wise it's uh, you get a vessel you put some mixture of alcohol and water in it, beer whatever meat any, any sort of fermented liquid uh, and you set it up so that you boil it off and you have a way of collecting the steam in such a way that uh, different temperature steam is collected in, in different ways um, basically you're just you're just making sure that you're getting the alcohol out and leaving the water behind um, it's really not Super complicated again uh this is how distillation's been, been done for hundreds thousands of years so we have we have a, a pot still but then attached to that pot still we have a column and so it's kind of a hybrid still and what a column does it's a fraction column and, and these really developed in the, the mid-19th century for for petroleum um to, to, because you know you get like crude oil and you can crack that out into you know from uh, diesel you know, this is, you know, I don't know how many right how many, all the different yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah gasoline prob- is propane yeah uh, up to natural gas when you process oil you use a column still because everything every compound in the oil has a different boiling temperature and with, with a column still what you're doing is you're fractioning out all those different uh, chemicals based on their, their volatility based on, on when they where, temperature they boil at and we do the same thing with alcohol, um, but it's a much easier process because it's just ethanol and water, right? We don't have, we're not dealing with you know a dozen different compounds. We're dealing with two. Um, that being said, that's that's a bit of a oversimplification. We do get some um, like off chemicals that are that are produced during fermentation. We get.
0: Acetone, ether, uh, <laughs> ethydes, you know, nothing. Some secret, some secret squirrel shit. Well, yeah. Well, that's that really only cool. shows up. That only shows up in all the distilling secret squirrels. Well,
1: yeah. Well, what's, so the, the 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 advantage of doing it uh, with a as a, as batch distillation is that those chemicals are very volatile, right? So they they have very low boiling points. Those come off first. They're what we call the four shots of the heads. So we can just get rid of those and then we move into the ethanol. Um, but so for for. For whiskey production, still we have is essentially a a fancy pot still.
0: So they're, they're and I think it's part of like uh, different signs. He goes, oh, Nate's all into this. Like Bring it on. Nate, Nate, you're you're into it. Is it about the same as a moonshine still set up?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean moonshine. The, the thing with moonshine is that it's not really a cat. moonshine. Just means anything made illegally. So so generally speaking, yeah, a moonshine. moonshine it's like when
0: people make brandies. You can have brandy moonshine. Moonshine just means it was made it under the shine, yeah, of the moon. No, 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 exactly. and you're not paying taxes on it.
1: Yes. So, so your typical moonshine still, yeah, it would be you know something homemade. Generally, would be a pot still, um, and you know it's it's just a you know again, a, a vessel that you use to hold the liquid or whatever you're distilling, um, and then a um, a neck. You know, where, there's all different ways to to separate out the the steam, but basically what you're doing is you're you're boiling off this liquid. um, Because alcohol is a a lower boiling temperature than water, you want to keep it at as steady a boiling temperature as possible. You want to keep it, so ethanol boils at um, about 173 degrees Fahrenheit, and water is obviously 212. Um, So you want to keep it somewhere in that range, right? So, you, say so you want to keep it. We, we, we have we have German equipment, so it's all Celsius. So, so we do we do ours at, at 98 degrees Celsius. So we're, so we're you know two degrees below the, the boiling point of water. Uh, ethanol boils at 78.3 degrees Celsius. So we're, so we're in that closer to the water range, um, but the idea is that we want to we want to make sure we're boiling off all the ethanol that we can, with with minimal water being being included in that steam. So. Basically what you're doing is you're creating a, a you're going from a liquid mostly water to a steam that's mostly ethanol, and, and then you're just using the, the um, basically it's entropy right, you want your, your, the steam's allowed to rise into a certain area, and then at some point it's being no. siphoned off into a condenser to cool it back down to liquid, um,
0: and that's what you, see, what you collect. it so really a simple chemistry. Nate, Nate's all. Nate's like, this has always fascinated me. That's cool. So, so we come back from Scotland,
1: and all right. So, I, I learned, I learned my lesson. Um, should have
0: brought, brought back, should have brought back like the fancy scotch.
1: Nah, nah. I mean, it's, I'm not honestly. I, I, I like scotch um,
0: a little bit. I'm not a huge scotch fan. Like, I don't know. See, but scotch is peat moss, right? A lot of it is. So there's different,
1: there's different, you know, people talk about the different um, regions of Scotland. There's, so most, most of the scotch that people drink is, is blended. Um, so it comes from, from all over. Um, but you know, you've got your Highland malts, you've got your Speysides, you've got your Lowlands, you've got your Isle malts. Um, and a lot of the Highland, it's really, like, a lot of what we, drink and eat, really, but just, you know, we'll, we'll try to stick to, to, to whiskey <laughs> here. Um, it's done the way, it's it made the way it is, because it, that's the way it was made. Um, and peat is a, a really clunky way of, of heating things, right? You, you've got to go out into the bog, you've got to cut it, you've got to dry it, you've got to, you and know, now they compress it, right? It's it's a process, Um that if people have an alternative to, the, to it, they'll use it. Um, so a lot, of the, a lot of the lowland malt and the sides and so forth, they, they were made of coal, right? So, you know, they, on, on closed closed malting floors. Um, so the peat was really just sort of an accident, right? So the way that malt is made is... Uh, malt, malt is a weird term. So malt means um, germinated... Barley. Um, so if you think about you think about a uh, seed, uh, any seed. You, have the, you have the husk, the grain on the outside, you have the endosperm, which is all the, the grain, the starch in the middle, rather. Uh, at the base, you have the germ, but those are the actual growth. So again, I'm talking broad strokes here, most of that grain, most of that seed, whatever it is, is starch. Starch is great for storage. It's very stable, uh, it's very compact, but it's not very uh, easy to use. That's why it makes it so stable, it's inaccessible. Um, That holds true for the plant as well, right? If the plant wants to grow, it needs energy to to do that. So it makes these little starch pods. And when uh, whatever conditions are met for for the germ to, to come to life and start growing, one of the first things it does is it releases an enzyme into that starch that turns it into sugar, now sugar is obviously very easy to use. It's it's, it's a ready, ready source of. And that's a re-
0: that's a main ingredient for all liquors and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. And I mean, it doesn't any steam essentially. Spread. I promise, folks, we are going to
0: get to how how John got the Albany Distilling. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. it's happening. And and Lincoln get new friends if they don't like bourbon. Lincoln get new friends, get new friends if they don't like bourbon. That's all I can tell you. I mean, that, I, I mean,
1: plenty, of, me. plenty other oh. Uh Rye, I, I prefer rye to bourbon. Anyway, so, so the malting process is is you germinate these grains. They, um, they start, they start to sprout, they, they create sugar, but if you allow them to keep growing, they'll use up all the sugar, you know, sprouting. So you have to kill them, and the Scots do that with smoke. Oh, okay, they smoke them out. They, they, they heat them up, and, and that's where that smoky flavor comes from. Uh, so for for a lot of scotches, that's done just because that's was the default way of doing it. Yeah, and the islands didn't have peat, so they used dried up That's so where I forget that real, like acidic, acrid, uh, okay. iodine super smoky scotches. Anyway, um, so move back here, <laughs> uh, and I learned my lesson in terms of, um, information, uh, literacy. So I actually moved back to go back to, to U Albany for my master's in library science.
0: And that's what I was doing when I started this place. Um, so you were in college, goal yeah. was master's degree. And, in, in that never an intention to, did you stumble across like in the library kind of like, the, the TV show, The Librarians, you <laughs> stumbled across something and didn't realize. And, and we're going to get into folks. He's got a couple of stories that if we're going to get to about where – the, it's the malt that's from the uh, – is it the, the malt recipe? Where's the, the special recipe come from?
1: Oh, there's rum, the rum recipe. That's the rum yes, recipe.
0: Yeah. The rum recipe. We're going to get into that. Uh, we're getting into a little bit more. But look, if you haven't tried Albany Distilling Company's different variations – um if you can find any of it that's left i don't know how many is on the shelf. they were at one point in time were, were partnered with uh death wish coffee
1: Wait, we still do we still do there okay, okay you're
0: yeah. still doing that one so the death wish vodka so it, so
1: just to, for clarity uh we changed it to Awakened spirit vodka that,
0: that's right right. you did tell me the name it it was,
1: was it was getting so confusing uh and they're both liquids coffee-based liquids so people, people were calling us looking for the coffee. People are calling them looking for the vodka. It
0: Gosh, gotcha. it's got to be too much. It, so it's awakened spirit. Awakened spirit has death wish coffee in it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you're checking that one out, which is amazing. Lincoln has a question for you yeah. right off the bat. And, and I got to grab a hold of Miss Jen when she, ever she has a chance, I want to try to get one of the malts or another rye, either one. My wife's going to pick me up if I need it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but one of the things that, uh, Lincoln has, and this is where Lincoln knows this business better than I would. Mm-hmm. He wants to know cask, cask, strength, whiskey, marketing term or legit term. I mean, it's- Is it's, it worth the money?
1: It's stronger. So, so, so whenever we open up a, a barrel, um, so it goes in- Thank you. It, we, we barrel it at a- um, mm,
0: Look at that. Yeah. And they got good ice too. Like, that's not bullshit. <laughs> good ice is important. I, I don't disagree. Like, um, but go ahead. So you open up the barrel.
1: Open up the barrel. Uh, so, we, well, all right. So, federal law says we, we have to put it in the barrel. We have to distill it below um,
2: 80%. And then it has to
1: go into the barrel below 125 proof, 62.5%. So, we generally barrel, with, say, 56 to 59% alcohol. We usually lose about a percent in the barrel, take it out. Um, you know, see how see how it turned out, but but because every barrel is to come out of a slightly different uh, proof, you know, that's just also that's just the way it works. Uh, what we do is we we dilute it down to a, a universal forty three percent for everything that we bottle. So we and, and that's not a complicated. Well, it's a pain in the ass, you know, <laughs> but it's not a, it's not a uh, archaic process. We just add water to it to get down to that forty three percent. So you're buying. Oh, really? so it, uh,
0: you know where. Yeah.
1: So when you're buying a barrel strength whiskey, you're just getting the uncut version.
0: So Um, is it, is it more of a marketing thing or does, do you think it's worth it for, or is it what it's, what it sounds like to me, what I'm hearing is, is if you just want a stronger whiskey, it's a stronger whiskey that's uncut. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, when you buy uh, from concentrate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's worth it if you're. Getting your, your money's worth out of it, right? So if if you're if you're getting twenty twenty-five percent more whiskey, so to speak, uh, and you're only paying 25 percent more for the for the bottle, fine.
0: Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's really it's, it's it's just a matter of taste. So so you're your partner in crime in all this, the matt you know, the mad scientist that he is. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys connect that, that all this gets started?
1: Uh so so I actually started with a different different partner, um, which which didn't work out. Um, so I was, I was solo for a few minutes, uh, which was terrible. Uh, and then that Rick, so, so Rick was actually I referred him as a recovering brewer. He went he went to school for, for brewing. Um, so he's got more of the technical end covered, um, especially when it comes to the fermentation and stuff. But, you know, Essentially, what we're doing with, with whiskey is taking beer
0: and purifying it. Um, you know, that's... Well, they're pretty close in the process. Like, like, you can get to a point where you're almost there in a
1: whiskey, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, really, the, the, the key difference between whiskey and beer is that um, whiskey is is not hopped. There's no, there, there are no hops in whiskey. Um, and beer... You're generally using all malted grain, all malt barley, usually. So when you say malt, that's that's another weird thing. So any grain can be malted, right? Because, again, malting is just germination. You germinate and you you, kill it. So any grain can be malted. But for whatever reason, barley has become the default malt grain, right? So when you talk about malt whiskey, malt vinegar, malted milkshakes, whatever,
0: you're talking about barley. I like them all.
1: Yeah, I mean... it's. Yeah, it's a great that's uh, it. malt on my French
0: fries, before, malt vinegar, French fries. Yeah, absolutely, I love malted yeah. milkshakes.
1: But when you say malt, well, you know, malt vinegar, it's barley vinegar. Okay, barley vinegar. Um, but any grain can be malted. So when when we talk about uh, like the rye, for example, I use most rye, unmalted rye, and then I use malt whiskey. Even whiskey. Malted wheat rather, uh, rather than malted barley. Um, whereas with beer, you're generally using 100% malted grain. Okay. So percent malted barley. Um, so like bourbon, mostly corn, Not a lot of corn based beers. Ah, uh, that's, that's gross. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna have to give that. Oh, wait, that's not that one.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not
1: drinking corn beer. So uh, yeah, so that, that's really the big, the big, the key difference there. Um, but, yeah, we, but when you talk about um, the, the aging process, the, that's, that's where the other, the other part comes in, right? So uh, you take this beer, purify, purify out the ethanol, stick it in a barrel, uh, and that's really where the, the, the difference is. Obviously, the strength and the flavors, but you know, beer is generally just made
0: and bottled right away. There's no four-year wait. Yeah, no, like, I don't think a Well, that's, like, a lot of the beers now, um, what's the one at Lawson's. Mm-hmm. Lawson's is, like, made cold, sold cold, date on the side of it. It yeah. needs, needs to be drank within a set amount of time. Sure. Or they're saying, pull that off the shelves. It's, it's not as good as it, as it could be, and we don't want our name Attached to that that right. type of a flavor,
1: and a lot of that too is is because the the yeast that's used in beer, like lagers, for example, needs needs a very cold range of temperatures. Um, because the other the other thing with beer is that whatever whatever goes into the, the production process, eventually is going into a bottle. Whereas the whiskey, because we're stilling it out, we're we're, we're removing you know, the bulk of what's of the ingredients are just getting the ethanol out that's okay. it yeah um so it's a lot more forgiving right like with beer with every all those ingredients that you put into the into the into the kettle essentially the 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 it's going straight to glass yeah uh so whiskey we have a, we have a few steps in between
0: to kind of you know even things out
1: all right so Thank you me. and
0: rick fall in love yeah and you make Make a bird, a whiskey or a vodka. What was the first, the first iteration? So I'm kind of curious. Like, so let's go. I'm gonna roll it back one more. Yeah, yeah, sure. So let's roll back first. So you and you and Rick hook up, and you know it's love at first taste, and you guys are putting it all. To, you like that, one, didn't you? And, and you guys are putting this whole thing together, and you're trying to figure out, you know, moving forward where you. Where you were already bottling at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, so you yeah. were there. Yeah. How does he, how does he show up into all this? Is like, all right. Well, we're gonna do this. next. Uh, I mean, it's
1: basically uh, I was at a point where, um, so uh, I'll back up again. Uh, I started off doing the bourbon. That was the first. That was the first uh, first product, followed by by rum. Um, and the downside to bourbon or rye, or whatever, is that weight, right? You make it, so all your money goes into it, into it uh, and then you sit on it. For,
0: for seven years, it gets... Yeah, some cases. What, yeah. Is the early, what is the earliest for bourbon? Four?
1: So, bourbon does, has no minimum, actually. The the rule is it has to go into a new barrel. Um, so, as long as a charred, new oak container, you can age it for 10 seconds if you want. But no, oh, after really? that, you can't use the barrel again, right? So, there's the, there's the built-in... Um, sort of uh, catch there, right? You know, you can't... So our first bourbons, that's how I, I was asking your, your friend had how, how old the, the, the bottle was. Um, the first bourbons we made were three months old. We made those little 10-gallon girls. And then we, over time, scaled up to six months at nine and 12 and 18. And then we hit two years. And we jumped
0: from two years to four years Now, why so short a time at first? Was it just, hey, we want to get this product out there, we got to make money, we got to keep the lights on. It's the only way you're going to
1: keep the lights on is getting it out there. Okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, the the thing to bear in mind, too, is we're making this in very small batches. We still are. So we're starting with a pretty good liquid going into the barrel. Um, So... I mean, I prefer the older barrels in a lot of cases, but there was, you know, sometimes it's nice to have the, that real young bourbon It'll, It's a, a different range of flavors. It's much more, um, much more raw, frozen flavor
0: compared to, uh, you know. I'm gonna show Jen for a second. Sure. There's sure. Jen over there, folks, if you can't see her. Like, if you come out here, like, you can get legit cocktails, maybe the whole nine yards. Just i guess i guess it's we dog friendly we yep. see the puppy dog friendly so i, I didn't mean to cut oh, short i had to show that because it was like we could hear it and i wanted everybody to know what was going on yeah
1: so so, we're dog friendly, we're not, because strictly speaking we're not a bar we are uh, we're tasting
0: see that's such a mm. look at that that's i love how just a little shift in the, in the verbiage no no not a bar we're
1: all like we, we look like a bar
0: looks like a bar feels like it's bar. tastes like, like bar. We are,
1: are farmer selling, uh, tasting room.
0: So, so you and Rick are, are in, in this piece. Uh, <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln wants Jen to know. Hey Jen, Lincoln would like you to know that that's a nice shaker you have. Sounds like, home. Oh. she appreciate that. Lincoln. So, um, so all this, all this is going, yeah, you guys were wrong. Um, all this is going on we'll get you
2: yeah it's, it's, it's okay don't don't worry about
0: it we'll, we'll sign waivers for your for your face and likeness it's okay don't worry it'll all work out um so so you and rick are hooking up yep. first things is the is the bourbon yep. um where do we start moving into new elements
1: so the, bur- the bourbon and rum were pretty pretty quick uh the, the the real game changer with having Rick on board was that suddenly we could start to scale our production up because he knew what he was, knew what he was doing. We hired, uh, we hired Luke, who's- um, Luke is awesome. But, um, so that's when we were able to branch out into Vodka and other other things, right? So it's, in, in retrospect, we really should have started with those things because like Vodka, for example, doesn't require- time. Right, you make it, you bottle it, it's out the door. Bourbon is a pain in the ass. <laughs> you, know, you make it, you barrel it, you watch it, you look at it, watch a little bit more. And more, smell it
0: leaking. Um, you love the fact that the, that's the Angels cut, though. Oh, Come on, Angels. Are- 30, bunch of those right. angels that are a bunch of luscious, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> drunk angels everywhere. Just everywhere.
0: everywhere, angels, just like yeah. so. lesson here, yeah. I just I want everyone to know. Yeah, Lincoln says vodka pays the bills.
1: Yeah, it, that's that is the universal credo among across the industry, right? Like whether you're a bar, restaurant, uh, distillery, liquor store,
0: distributor, vodka pays the bills.
1: Now Lincoln knows his stuff. I'm,
0: I'm going to have to get, I'm trying to get him to come up here and uh, get him to, maybe he'd come up, write, a, write an article for one of his many, many magazines that he gets published in. Uh, there are t-shirts that with that on it.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think uh, Cocktail King really
0: does those. So so you guys are getting into this and, and now you're, I mean, like we said, we've got the Death Wish, mm-hmm. um, you're sponsoring my favorite indoor box lacrosse team, oh, yeah. uh, Albany Firewolves. I mean,
1: collaboration, that, that's one of the fun things about being a small. Yeah, player. that's I what, what I wanted to know. Like, how great is that? It's, it's my favorite part, honestly. I um, mean, the Death Wish thing started. I got a call. Uh, the guy was like, hey, I've got, a, I've got a coffee company. We want to make barrel aged coffee. Can we, can we come talk to guys? I was like, yeah, come on down. He's like, really? Yeah,
0: just yeah, come down. So I can see uh, you and Mike getting along like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you guys just were like, yeah,
0: I really love coffee. Oh, I, I really love liquor. Uh,
1: he thought it was going to be a, like, an ordeal, right? Like, and, and this is, I often say it's better to be lucky than to be good. He called me first because a, all being a stilling was the first on his list. Um, so he, he, he uh, came down and brought the crew down and we got him some barrels and it was easy. Uh, so we do we do a brandy on you know nine pin cider around the corner yep. here. We make an apple brandy with their nice. their cider. We call it the tenth pin. So, yeah. Nine pin. Love nine it. Pin. Um, there's a there's a there's a place here called the Fort Orange General Store. We make a vodka an orange vodka with them. Um, That's so awesome.
0: when well, you're kind of hitting on something that I, I want to get into. I want to mention. Look, folks, I'm trying to get to make one thing. Oh, uh, let's see. Hold on. There we go. There's the 10 oh, yeah, pin. Nice. Look, say hi, hi Miss Jen. Hi. <laughs> and there's the Fort Orange Vodka, and there's the 10 pin, the 10th pin from Nine Pin. So, and then you can come down to see Jen's smiling face. <laughs> there's a smile behind there. They do have, Lincoln, there are there are canned cocktails. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see, let's see if we can get it. Let's see, can you see the canned cocktails over there? They're a little far away, but there are canned cocktails that you can pick up. Um, Look at that
1: packs. gold star! Look at that. Asian. Jen is
0: so getting the gold star. <laughs> Look at that. So you have have the variety packs that you can get into, um, and the can cocktail is is a very interesting ready to drink to me. I find it very interesting. Uh, product placement, you know it, you know it, Lincoln. Um, I'm trying to get this is the one I have for John, and we're going to see if we can get him to do it. So John loves D and D, like I like it. So what I told him is he needs to come up with some way to, to drop, drop a, a 20-sided dice inside of a bomb.
1: <laughs>
0: and I still think...
1: Choking he, hazard? Uh, wine, I, that would be like
0: mescaline. It would be like mescaline. And I think it will be so great. Like you drop the 20-side in there. And for those of us that like D&D and then we like to drink, that will be how you how you do your... like. How great would that be if that was your death safe? I mean... Like that was your death safe <laughs> bottle. Hold on. This is look sixth edition, sixth edition D&D. You need to go ahead and get with all me distilling. We're going to put a 20 sided die in there. That'll be how you do your destiny. Is you have to finish the bottle and then you can shake it. How
1: are get making We can shake it in there and just you
0: know, like let it uh, fall all, all of them. like when we were kids, the little the, the game with the ring falls. or um, the ring, like sense. you had to squish it up and then oh, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I mean, we're coming up. G- see i'm a genius when it comes to ideas please don't ask me how we're going to execute this i have no idea um uh, but yes i mean but you guys have done such an amazing job because you really are now you're an albany institution Let, let's get get over yourself <laughs> you can go into any liquor store around albany they've got weed. when you've got the rum which i love you picked which store, story you like better is the rum story or the lord commander cuomo story either one we're going to tell yeah. that here in a moment you're going to tell them both you just got to figure out which one first right. we're going to tell those i'm going to tell everyone when you come out to albany come to the albany uh distilling you know there's a tour you can do of the actual facility when how often are the tours
1: every saturday actually. every saturday yeah. you can do Sometimes, uh, uh was one starting in uh
0: 15 minutes so so at 3 p.m if you're in the albany area you can run over right now and be careful in the snow And you can go do a tour and then you can come out to the tasting room, which is on Livingston Ave. And you can do that. So there's tons and tons of opportunity here. Um, Phenomenal products. But John, again, has some of the funniest stories to me because John is like myself. If I feel like I need to tell you something and I think you've missed out, I'm probably going to do it. John's like John's like that kid that's like, that's not true. (laughs) and everybody's like let me tell you a story here son that's not true what do you mean kid i just saw i just saw i just saw you take your mask off and put another put on a fake mustache like he could have been one of the uh the uh bloodhound gang without a problem so which story you want to do first
1: uh the Cuomo's Cuomo's
0: crap pleaser um the Cuomo's story's so
1: great so we we one of the advantages of being in Albany is that you know the capital's right there uh and I, I will say this about <clears throat> co-administration. that they were they were very pro-craft beverage, right? So we, we do, uh, you know, that was that was really part of part of how we got started was because he saw
0: that as an opportunity. So great, great. Um, that's all the credit. That's that's the credit. What was it? A thousand dollars for a distilling license, as long as seventy-five percent of the product was New York based. That's oh, one hundred twenty-eight. Oh, it was one hundred twenty-eight dollars for the yeah. license. Yeah, before that
1: it was it was ten or fifteen thousand. I forget exactly. So there was that that was a, that was huge. Um, so you know, but there were there were a few. Like as with any law, um, uh, it was it was it was written to with the best intentions in mind. But they they missed a few. There were a few gaps. And one of the weird things about um, liquor law, and you know, this is, this is just obscure, is that. As, as opposed to any other retail license. So say, say you have a coffee shop, right, or whatever. You, uh, you get your, your tax ID. You're allowed to sell basically whatever you want. You can sell T-shirts. You can sell coffee. You can sell whatever, hammers, bricks, whatever, whatever you want, right? It's, it's the sky's the limit. Uh, it, it, you don't, you know, when, you, when you apply for your license or whatever, you, you don't say, I'm going to sell these things. No, liquor is the exact opposite. When you get when you get a license to sell liquor at retail, you're only allowed to sell specifically the things that the law says you're allowed to sell. So, with the breweries and the wineries, um, included in their the cideries, included in their licenses is, was the, the ability to sell, um, you know, uh, touristy t-shirts, whatever. stuff. so. so Strictly speaking, it was illegal for us to sell T-shirts. It's so weird. It's weird. It, it is. It was silly. It was really just an oversight, right? It wasn't It, was, it was not done intentionally. It wasn't like a controversial thing that they didn't want us selling T-shirts. It's just. It was just a essentially just an oversight. So uh, I called. It was like, you know, uh, Schoolhouse Rock Have Bill gets passed. Right? I called <laughs> our local legislator. You know, Path in the Assembly, and, um, uh, that uh, yeah, she's great, um, what's his name, retired, A- Amador, George Amador, yep. um, at the time, the you know, Assembly was, was Democratic-run, and uh, Senate was Republican, so had to get, the, anyway, oh, yeah, that whole game, um, anyway, so we, so we had this bill drafted, and we really just copied and pasted the, the language, it was, it was the easiest thing to do, honestly, um, Copy and pasted from the other bills, and the gist of it was that this law would allow distilleries to sell t-shirts and so forth
0: between other accoutrements.
1: Yeah, um, not controversial, not a big deal, um, but super helpful for us. We passed the the assembly and the house, excuse me, the assembly and the Senate better, uh, unanimously signed the law. Uh, you know, I said zero, zero controversy, and it was. It was part of the crap average crap agenda. Um, so Cuomo picked that as one of his bills. I guess every few years he picked his favorite bills, and he would invite the people involved over to the Capitol up to the Red Room for the signing, like the ceremonial signing of the bill. And uh, get there, it's a beautiful room, i figured, you, know, you can see it on the Capitol tour. It's really, it's, it's the, you know wood paneling on mahogany or whatever. Um, and uh, there's some stained glass windows the, around the edges of the building, of the um, room rather. Uh, you know, it's second floor. It's the, the southeast corner. So anyway, uh, so we're all in there. There, there, are, there are, I think, six bills in total. We're one of six that that he, that he selected. And uh, you know, so we're all in there. Probably, let's say there's ten people per bill. There's sixty people in the room. whatever. And uh, you Nucomo know, comes in. As we've been sitting there waiting, um, comes in and he, and he gives this speech and he talks a lot about the history of the room. And you know, his dad was governor; he grew up there, so he knows the, the, the place front to back. And he's talking about how, you know, for example, when FDR was was governor, he was in his wheelchair, so they had to cut the walls. Um, They're very sort of sneakily cut the walls to make a secret door, so that he could wheel out and sit behind the desk, and they could. They could seal that that door back up, so nobody knew who was in wheelchair because you know it's the thirties and whatever. And people are anyway. Um, so, anyways, going on out of The history of the room it's really fascinating. I'm looking around, so I'm soaking it all in. And I look up at the windows, the stained glass, and it's uh, it's grapes, it's apples, and it's grain. And what do those three things have in common? Well, it's alcohol, right? It's wine, cider, cider, and beer. And he's and we're in this room. A, you know, part of it, well, the reason I'm there is for an alcohol-related bill. And so I'm expecting that at any minute to mention these windows. But he finishes his talk, and he uh, calls it the first bill. And, like, in the protocol, is like, you know, like, so-and-so, you know, like, on to the bill. Bill number one, we're need re renewing re- a highway. Uh, I think the first, uh, the first bill was, it was a, um, I think it was World War II, a black World War II soldier. They're reading the highway for him, so his family was there. You know, so they come up and they shake his hand and they stand behind him. He signs the bill, take a picture, back to your seat. Bill number two, same thing. It's like you know, it's, it's like, like he announces it, silent procession up, shake, shake, shake your hand, shake your hand, stand behind, sit down. And at this point. <laughs> a lot of time to stew over this, right? Like, how would he not mention his windows? And I would, you know, as he alluded to, I have definitely keep my mouth shut. So when it came time for our bill to be signed, he called us up, and I positioned myself at the end of the line. So you know, Deliberately. Deliberately, yeah. I maneuvered myself. So shake his hand, move on, shake his hand, move on, shake his hand, move on. And it comes to me, and I don't shake his hand. I say, <laughs> before we do this, <laughs> and first of all, it's like,
0: "How dare why you!" Is,
1: like, everyone right in the room, like, it's like record scratching. Why is this person talking? Like, before we do this, we just go over quickly. You we went through the history of the room, talked about everything. You didn't mention the windows. He's like, "What do you? What What do you mean, kid?" It's like, well, I mean, you are talking about the hit, like all the, the features of the room, and these beautiful windows here. Like, clearly, you know, it's, it's beer, wine, and cider, right? Right up there. You know what? He was like, well, listen, I grew up here. I never heard anything about this. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's the primary source. All you do is turn, turn your head and look at them. It's... So anyway, so we argued for what felt like a few minutes. Uh, and finally, he was like, all right, that's, just, that's the other show on the road. And I was like, fine, fine. It's still not resolved. So we go, we get behind him, take the picture, blah, blah, blah. We go back to our seats. And I'm still a little upset. Uh and then, fortunately, afterwards, there was a second photo op, right? Because the first one is him sitting at the desk doing the signing. The second one is everybody standing together holding the bill. And what do I do? But I, I j- jump in. I say, So just to, like, what are you? Like, who are you? Who is this guy? Yeah, it's like, like, with me yeah right exactly, now? exactly. Uh, like, why are you talking? Uh, and so I start in the windows again, and he was like, All right, all right. And I had an a you know t-shirt on or polo shirt on, it was logo. He's like, more importantly, we're gonna get one of those shirts. I was like, I'll send it over to you. What size are you? He was a petite wise guy, and he stormed out (laughs) of the room. Yeah.
0: Uh, anything to mess with Lord Commander makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln says, was he yelling security? Security!
1: Uh, I've got a picture of it. I don't know if I can, if I can bring it. If you here. send it to me, I'll, we'll, right,
0: yeah. we'll uh, we'll try to get it up. So, now the other one is 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 the rum. Okay. And, um, Miss Jen, not to bother you again, do you have a bottle of the rum? I so can just see a picture of So,
1: funny story. Uh, um, we don't have any of the rum New York State. We're not because it's made of non New York State grown
0: ingredients. Oh, you can't have it in the tasting room, yeah. Yeah. You could sell it at the liquor store, but you can't have it in the tasting room because the yeah. tasting room is all in New York. Yeah. Ah, see see that makes the another one of those sides of the distinction between
1: it. Yeah. It's just, it's very silly though. I mean, any other bar, liquor store, anywhere in New York you find anywhere in New York
0: except for where it's made. That's weird. It's Super weird. So so tell everyone the, the story of, so, of the rock. I think this is it. and God, who so, knows where this guy who this guy was. I'm gonna say it right now. As you hear this story, folks. Just know that somebody's family missed out on a mint and could be like the next Captain Morgan's or whoever the hell that would be, Seagrams or whoever it is, and they missed out on an opportunity because this shit's good. I put this one. My favorite rum is Tartuga, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's a good rum or a bad rum. I have no idea, but that's my favorite. It's all all subjective. It's whatever you like is the best. But I'm going to tell you right now. So go ahead and tell the the rum story.
1: Where we, you know, the first distillery was over by the pump station over in Quackler Square. Um, and about 10 years before we moved in there, there was a, they built a parking, a new, new parking garage. And when they're digging the parking garage and they're, they're, they're digging the foundation, they came across these weird, you know, sort of uh, confusing wooden bats that had been remarkably well preserved. And, um, from when they dug the canal out in the 1820s, they infilled a lot of Albany and increased the shore. Um, it was like buried all this stuff. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the former bottom of, of Lake Albany, right? So it was very sandy soil and sand. was very dry and it's good at preserving things. So anyways, they found these very, you know, well, for, for what they were, 200-year-old wooden vats, well-preserved vats. So they stopped construction they called uh, a Archaeology and they, they did a full dig of the, of the whole thing or excavated it all. And it turns out it was the site of the Quackenbush Dow still house, um, which started in about 1758 or so, 58, 59. Um, and operated from that point up until about 1815, give or take, uh, at which point they mock all of So they sold off the, the still or whatever. Um, but the, you know, the, a lot of the infrastructure is built in place. You know, these wooden tubes, you know, pipe, you know hot hot logs, these pipes and stuff. They, you know, they don't move well, so I just abandoned it. Um, so the archae- the archaeologist who, who who led the dig, um, Justin, how was his last name? Is Virginia, I think. Anyway, uh, he got really into this um, this whole thing, and he decided that he was going to figure out. Not like not only the 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 archaeology part of it, um, but he also then went into the archives and he wanted to find out more about what, what was happening there, and he couldn't find a ton of information. He it was kind of you know hit a lot of dead ends, and then out of the blue, um, a colleague of his was doing something totally unrelated, and found a letter written from the the Quackenbush Dow family, you know, the proprietor of the, still to a customer out in Boston saying everything's down right now but we should have it running tomorrow and we'll get you distributed in like five days or whatever which gave us the the um, knowledge that they weren't aging it right if, if the equipment's down they're gonna redo it so it was unaged rum um, and uh, he also found a recipe a contemporary like recipe for the age um, that's said, to make rum, you you let me mix molasses and water. Um, and you, 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 you take you take water, you put an egg in it, a raw egg into the bottom, in in the shell, like a whole egg, and you add molasses until the egg floats. This is before they had you know scientific gauging tools, but as it turns out, the density of of that uh, of the of the egg um, was about. Or I guess was 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 just was just below the ideal mixture of water and molasses for sugar content. Um, Have you tried it? That's we did. That's how that's, that's how we made the recipe. Um, <laughs> it, it was about five to one molasses. Excuse me, uh, water to molasses.
0: How's Luke feel when he's got to do that one?
1: Well, fortunately uh the egg thing just happened once just okay were, yeah, so it yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah, it yeah. wasn't like luke's yeah, everyday Like yeah,
0: yeah. i need i need someone to run get down the egg is, yeah somebody run down the store yeah. yeah yeah ladies and gentlemen get the egg <laughs> exactly
1: yeah um yeah so it was a neat it was a neat way to sort of connect to albany's
0: really extensive history um and it's a good brom too i don't disagree no. Um, and would you, I mean, and, and you're getting a couple of questions here yeah, yeah. and I, this is an interesting one I, and I, I'd be curious, how do you feel about some of these? And I know you're, you're, you've said a couple times mm-hmm. already, Hey, whatever suits your taste at the time, yeah. but some of these where, you know, we've got the peanut butter whiskey or like, I can't stand cinnamon. I'd rather take a sharp stick in the eye mm-hmm. than, than any of that, like the fireball bullshit. And I think it is, I don't yeah. care what anyone says but like those kind of things that you're getting away from what it, what it is. Does that make sense? Like, it does.
1: And, uh, honestly, I'm fine. Like, are it. they
0: still what the, like, is it still a whiskey or, or should it be in a whole nother category? Like this is more of a, I wouldn't say a liqueur cause that's a totally different thing yeah, in and, and of itself, but is it, is it still in that category or is I it mean, a, if a you, new app? If you
1: look back to like the history of, of whiskey, like it was just done like, it was just made this way by default. Right, this is how this is the, the, given the technology that people had and um, the resources and, and the grains that they were using. Like that's where whiskey came from. It's just, I mean, bourbon is, is a perfect example. Right, so there's the Homesteading Act. Everyone's moving out to the frontier, which at the time was you know, former Bourbon County, Kentucky, Virginia. Um, and essentially, long story short, to 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 get land out there, you had to grow corn. That was the, the, the the test, right? Because otherwise people would just say, Yeah, I'll take 30 acres and then never use it, never right, you know. just sit on it. Yeah. So so you had to grow corn on it to show that you were using it. And so, you know, and this is before there were there was an easy route over the, the mountains. Um so you had all these people moving out there growing corn. That's a lot of corn. And you know, you're not gonna you know it's 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 clunky, it's big, it doesn't keep well there's a lot of mix. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not gonna ship it ship corn anywhere. But what you can do is make corn concentrate.
0: <laughs> which, or, it was, and it wasn't served folks. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't served.
1: Exactly. Um and so you make you make corn whiskey and you that keeps forever. It's highly you know, there's there's a huge resale value to it. Um you can stick it into a into a vessel, a barrel, whatever, and uh it's gonna stay good until rapture. Um, and so bourbon, <laughs> bourbon is basically just corn concentrate. Like That's where it started. And it wasn't always good. I mean, bourbon was like cheap shit you got from out west. Bourbon really didn't get popular until after, after
0: Prohibition. Well, um, well you watched, like I said, I've recommended that documentary, Neat, to mm-hmm, a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And it gets into how in the 70s, the 70s hurt bourbon because the hippie generation looked at it and said, well, that's what my father drinks. I'm not drinking that. I'm going to drink beer. And it actually took, it tells the story of like one of the distilleries, somebody finding a barrel that was forgotten about that was sitting off in the back corner. The angels got way more share than they planned for. (laughs) And and it tells the story how this guy was like, I'm going to sell that barrel Mm -hmm. as being something special because it's been aged longer and, and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And in the process ends up re rebirthing the entire industry off of that. Um, We got a couple more questions here. One, I don't know if you'll be able to answer. Uh, Lincoln says fireball equals no at my table. Um, I don't blame you unless you're, unless you're in college um, or a 25 year old, uh, Trying to drown your sorrows. I don't understand Fireball.
1: Me either, but you know it's. You it's
0: know? All... Do you know, John? Mm-hmm? John, you can say it's not that good. I won't. I, I won't. I honestly, it. I've never had it. Have you really never? Oh my god, it's like um, God. See, like I like rumple mints. You, you ever know, had Rumpelmints? Of mints? course.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I
0: was. I, I was. In, I was in my twenties once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. There's a version that in there like a, a cinnamon version of rumple mints. Uh, Gold Chogger. Is it Goldschlager that's cinnamon? I'm trying to remember. Like, like there's a cinnamon version of that where it's like, that shit is, it, and that's what it, but it's like. Yeah. But, okay. but it's like the old granddad version. Sure. Like, we're old granddad for a bourbon. If you didn't know, old granddad is an actual bourbon. Um, you know my favorite? Like, nice thing, because we'll talk about it afterwards. Because I ain't getting yelled at by John. Um I'm good. I don't care. I'm kidding, John. What is your favorite food when drinking? Like, do you have like, and it could be pizzas because I'm, I definitely like, I like a Dorito after I've had a few, a few too many. Ah, uh, but do you have like, like, have you done any of that with anybody local here? Like, over like Yono yeah, I've done, or anybody I've done, like yeah, that? We've done a lot
1: of pairings and things. Like, um, have you ever done that with like Yono or anybody? Uh, we've done, we, we haven't done with, or 677? I mean, we've done or six seventy seven. We've done we've done we've had a lot of events that were like where the chef was there. Um. Like I, I think you should do
0: something. That's going to be my opinion. You should do something with Yono. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's great. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But he does, like, if you go in there, they do, like, a whole course and a beer for each course. Yeah. Or, we've done, or yeah, wine we've for each we've been, course.
1: We've done something like that at, at, at um, yeah, we haven't done any of those. We did it at City Beer Hall. We've done it a few times. City involves. Beer Hall is good. Uh, uh, no, we'll just cash that, okay? I don't know. I, I can't think of it. We, we, we have done that quite a few times. Um, <laughs> It really depends on what you're drinking you know like if i mean generally i don't like to to mix or eating. personally really? yeah like i, I, I rather just drink um, it's just yeah so i'm, I'm gonna, gonna go again
0: and say that the uh the mole yeah. and a hot dog i know you're gonna call me crazy but the malt and a hot dog just sounds amazing. Whatever you like, I just, I, I'm telling you, it's got such an awesome summer vibe to it. Like, cut the grass, sit down afterwards. Uh, I don't know if you have an answer to this one because I don't know if you do this, but um, Lincoln wants to know: Can you recommend a good cigar with your rye? I don't know much about cigars, honestly. Um, again, it's just
1: like. Like the only cigar that I usually the only time I have cigars is when we do like a cigar night with like one of the local cigar shops here and there's a guy there rolling them that's outside. like um, yeah. oh hand rolling them. Yep. Oh no shit. And he'll use you know instead of like the whatever like water, he'll use the rye or the rum to you know as a oh, binding God. agent to, really yeah.
0: Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Did you hear that, lankin we're going to have to get you up here for one of the cigar nights. Like, if you come up for a cigar night, I'm going to come out for a cigar night because that just sounds like the coolest thing I've ever heard. Using the liquor as the binding agent, that's just, John. That's pretty cool. John, that's the coolest fucking thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, that is, like, one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. Uh, look, Link, I'm telling you. We're, well, I'll have to connect you you and yeah, Should yeah. I connect you and Lincoln or Brian and Lincoln? Let's figure this out.
1: Uh, either one,
0: Where the city? Uh, you're in, I think he's, are you in Queens or Manhattan there, Lincoln? We'll have to figure out where okay, you're at. We're going to quite a bit. Uh, cause and he says Goldschlager is a Swiss cinnamon schnapps a liqueur. Uh, Brooklyn. See, I was completely wrong. That's how much I know about the city. <laughs> um, but yeah, brother, you guys are, and again, folks, Albany Distilling, as you see, if you're watching the live right now, AlbanyDistilling.com scrolling across the bottom. Um, the tasting room again is just phenomenal. You can pick up your stuff here at the tasting room. They have their Awakening spirit, which has the uh, the coffee in it, Ford Orange Vodka, Albany Vodka, the Ironweed Malt, Ironweed Rye, Ironweed Bourbon. Um, but we're gonna get ready to wrap up. but I want to talk one more thing. Sure. And I think that Lincoln's gonna love this. And and I should if I'd have thought about it, Lincoln brother, I'd have had you come up you know you you and your future bride could have come up and hung out do it again we're gonna do it again we should do, do it again. again and lincoln's gonna know all the great liquor questions to ask right. i'm just you know, i'm just a, a kid who grew up in a liquor store <laughs> so <laughs> i can ask those questions um but we're, we're gonna have to figure it out you guys are working on another bill aren't you
1: uh we got a few so one of the nice things about being a distiller in New York State is that we have a huge community, right? So I'm part of the, yeah. uh, the New York State Distillers Guild. We started that about 10, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, I think I'm on the board the whole, most of the time, the whole time. Um, anyway, so we have about 200 distilleries in New York State. I'd say about half of us are, on the, are in the guild. Um, so we, yeah, so we collaborate and try to get some bills passed. Uh, right now we're trying to get liquor to go.
0: Um, That's a big thing right yeah, now,
1: yeah.
0: but you you got You're trying to get something renamed. Your your version of Kentucky bourbon. Oh
1: yeah, so it's the rise. this so, yeah. I think is amazing. Rise. That was that was a sort of subset of the of the guild. Yeah. Um, so there is. I mean, it's, it, we have we haven't gotten it. Um, the official recognition through the. Feds or the TTP, you know, the- so how does that kind of work?
0: So, so like we, we've yeah. talked about Kentucky bourbon a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Imagine it is Irish whiskey the same way.
1: Irish whiskey isn't like the way the way that things work with um, uh, like trade agreements. Irish whiskey is anything made in the Republic of Ireland, according to their theory. Actually, I think for whole because I think the Bushmills is, is in the north. But they're considered Irish whiskey as well. But they're it's still, in Ireland. still in Ireland. Well, it's still in Ireland. Right? No so, Ireland. so it's the UK. Um, so I'm not sure how it works. Anyway, but yeah, basically the basis whatever whatever their government says is Irish whiskey, the, the United States accepts Irish whiskey. Um and that's a whole that's actually, I actually do a whole podcast about that right now. The Irish whiskey standards that are that's a hotly cut contested uh, documentary, you know, because up until yeah, you know, similar to the way it's happened here, where there were four distilleries, basically nationwide. Uh, in Ireland, there were basically there were three or four distilleries on the whole island that were making all these different kinds of whiskey. Now we're seeing Irish distilleries pop up all over the place. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like, what's his name? McGregor. Um, yeah, Conor McGregor has his. Yeah, um, that's one of many. Um, and so for the first time in, you know, de- decades or centuries, there, people are questioning the standards of Irish whiskey and whether they they serve their purpose or not, or what tweaks needs to be made and so forth. Um, really? I mean, take Jameson, for example. I like
0: Jameson. I like Jameson. Yeah. Very light.
1: Well, because it's only 30% whiskey
0: and 70% neutral spirit. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, and it's funny you said it. so. Like, I pour a glass of bourbon, mm-hmm. and, and for those who didn't know this, all bourbons are whiskeys, not all whiskeys are bourbons, mm-hmm. and it's a very dark brown liquor. Yeah. And I, I probably hadn't poured myself a glass of Jameson in a while. You know, not for any other reason. I just didn't. Yeah. And I poured myself a, a glass of straight Jameson, and I was like. This looks like it's already had, you know, been through six ice cubes and sat for a while, you know, very. So I never knew it had. Spirit,
1: spirit, and that could very well be artificial color. just be spirit caramel. No shit. Yeah. Because I mean, the one, I don't know if I it, but one of um, the key see about it, one of the key differences between Irish whiskey, Scotch, Canadian, and American whiskey, is in the United States, bourbon, rye, malt. They have to use charred new oak barrels every time, so it's fresh. Barrels gotta be
0: changed out every time.
1: Every time, and that's where the color comes from. When it comes with a still, crystal clear.
0: Right? right, that's white dog.
1: Yeah. Do you know do white dog? Yeah. We used to. Might have a bottle
0: around And for, for those of you that don't know what white dog is, white dog to be considered a white dog, it's fresh out of the fresh out of the uh, still. It has to just kiss the barrel and then get bottled. Yes. Uh,
2: no. Our friends who
0: I believe, now you'll correct me. Uh, john if i'm not mistaken that are working with you our buddies over at um new new uh new, new scotland yeah, yeah. new scotland distillery they distill with you right uh or, or something they, along they, those lines
1: we're, we're storing their barrels right now they're storing
0: their barrels over there yeah. and they make a white dog that's one of their big things is mm-hmm. is a white dog it's still a whiskey folks that, it's just it hasn't a, been aged that way it just kisses a barrel yeah. and then moves and that's
1: how like whiskey was was made and consumed up until really the 1880s um, barrel aging is relatively yeah. new oh really yeah. Um, you think about making a barrel two hundred years ago. You got to find an oak tree.
0: You got to saw it down. It's a bigger process.
1: Yeah, I mean, where where are you where are you doing this, right? Like out in the woods somewhere with a horse. Like saw down an oak tree, you drag it to a river, you float it down to a to a sawmill. We take that for granted today. Absolutely. You know? We we don't even think about that. You know, log jam
0: doesn't mean anything. To right, us, exactly, it.
1: exactly. But back then, it was it was a big deal. And, and uh, not only do you have to get to a sawmill, but then you have to quarter saw it and quarter saw. And even now, is a pain. There, there are no mills in your state that will, that will do quarter saw more. Um, it's not it's not an easy process. And then cooper is making a barrel. They basically a master cooper can make one barrel a day after a four-year apprenticeship, minimum. Like barrel, that. Yeah, the barrels were not easy to come by. And you're talking about back then, not even, today. Even today, they're a pain in the ass. Uh, but imagine 200 years ago, you're not gonna just fill a barrel and stick it in the corner. No. If you're filling a barrel, the barrel's like, but I, I think of barrels is the way we think of shipping containers now. I think that necessary and that expensive and that... Probably. yeah. Yeah, um, but you're not going to fill a shipping container with whiskey and stick it in the corner. It's I mean it's a waste of shipping container, right? Like like so barrels, which being used to transport back and forth and over, and over, and over and over again. It wasn't until after the Industrial Revolution, where they could automate some of these processes, that barrels became you know affordable enough to, to use as as just for aging.
0: Um, and it was really
1: discovered by accident, right? Like so, if you, you get a barrel, you're shipping.
0: Like somebody somebody forgot, forgot about the shit, it was just yeah. sitting off, well,
1: yeah. Well, that's part of it, yeah. That's it's like delicious. shedding
0: a tear for Lord Admiral Nelson,
1: but it's well, <laughs> delicious, delicious, Admiral.
0: Um, for those who don't know what that means, you go look up what shedding a tear for Lord Admiral Nelson means. I'm not explaining that yeah. to you,
1: but if you're shipping, you know, that's a good example. Say, so shipping rum from one place to another, and then on the return trip, you're filling that barrel with herring, right? Or whatever, right. Then you go back and you're like, oh, it smells like herring. What do you do? You fill the barrel with straw, burn it out, and that charring of the barrel removes the flavor. That's why barrels are charred because they lose. Yes. And now it's done intentionally. Whereas before, it was just done. You ever just just have a fucking aha
0: moment? (laughs) (laughs) I would have never put those two together because of. They had to be reused. They had to be done. So. Yeah, it's just necessity. Oh, shit.
1: And then, you, so then, you, then you have this barrel. and You're like, oh, well, I guess we'll bring whiskey home, fill the barrel with whiskey. It takes whatever, a few months, years, depending on where it, it sits in the hold of the ship for that long. Then you empty. You're like, oh wow, this tastes much better than
0: before we put it in there.
1: And that's where it all came from. It was all it's all. I'm fucking
0: mind blown right now. <laughs> like I <I'd> never <laughs> thought about. Hey. How are you going to get the smell of whatever else was in there yeah. out?
1: And then, if you look at what happened next, right? So, the people discovered that this was a was a cool way of making whiskey taste better, and immediately you get people starting to fake it, right? Because it takes it's you have to buy an expensive barrel, and it takes a long time to, to make this product. So, what do you do? Yeah, you throw in some nails. Ever heard of the drink rusty nail? Yeah, because nails rust looks a lot like aged whiskey. <laughs> on some nails, a little bit of camphor, maybe, you know, whatever, a uh, little, little splash of this and that. And so then in 1897, you get the Bottled and Bond Act. That's actually one of the first consumer Ooh, protection laws, yes. right? Because it was, and it was because aged whiskey was getting popular and everybody
0: started making fake aged whiskey.
1: Well, that's like Heinz.
0: Like, you're, you're starting, we're going to make a hard left here for a minute. Yeah. Like, you know the story of Heinz, right? So Heinz ketchup mm-hmm. that we think of today, tomato-based ketchup, yeah. um, ketchup, if you look at the history of it, was yeah. actually just a term for a, a thing that we put on our food mm-hmm. to cover up rotted or food that might be going bad at the time. So it was, in a, it was a thing to put it on the food. Yeah. So exactly. Heinz sat down and was constantly looking for a good recipe, and he came up with one. But in that same time frame that you're talking about, we had more stomach cancer than at any time in human history. That was a big problem. That's why you have up here in upstate New York and Saratoga Springs, you had all these like health retreats and the baths and all that, that was supposed to relieve stomach issues. It was because we were growing as a population and everybody needed more food. So they were coming up with more preservatives. Well, most of these preservatives were carcinogenics And we were ending up with stomach cancer. And where Heinz made his money wasn't just on coming up with an amazing recipe. He used clear bottles. Mm -hmm. And the clear bottle allowed you to see the ingredients inside of it. And because you could see the ingredients inside of it, you knew what the product was. You knew what you were about to use. And that blew people's minds because before then, everybody used brown bottles and green bottles. So that's kind of, I never. Yeah. welcome to the education meeting, folks. <laughs> <laughs> like we just change the game here for a minute completely so we're we're getting into this and look you know i john i absolutely agree that you and i could probably sit here for another two hours because you are a plethora <laughs> of knowledge on this subject
1: Occupational
0: but I, you know what and, and and Lincoln says, white dogs are delicious. I've never had a white dog. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's see what we We're going uh, to John, talk for a minute. Uh, John's going to go look and see if we, if he's got his white dog. or I've never had a white dog. So basically, if you ever get a chance to see one, it's a it's a whiskey that's completely clear. Uh, for those of you who can't see here, we'll, we'll get John. You see John's, now. John's behind the bar. He, look at him he's pouring us a white dog right now so let's see if he's got bring the bottle over so let's see the bottle for a minute John so so this is coal yard uh, distillers series New make whiskey so I love the fact that like this has got some extra stuff on it I love the fact that the, the mark has been removed for everything yep whiskey distilled from uh, bourbon mash. Albany Distillery, Albany, New York. Um, like I said, I've never had the people coming in, coming out. That's why I say this tasting room is pretty impressive. I'll, I'll wait to try the White Dog before uh, with, when John comes back. But it's it smells good. It's got a very um, like you can like where you smell most whiskeys, and they've got a very I don't know what else to call it. A very I guess you're getting the notes off of the the barrel and, and the wood and everything. Cause like I'm smelling the other one that I've got, uh, the the malt, and it's got a very malty smell to it. It's got a very different uh, smell. Uh, yeah, Lincoln, we'll we'll connect up, brother. Send me shoot me a message. Figure out when you can come up, uh, and, and we'll make this happen. No doubt about it. Um, I want you to come up. We'll do this, and we'll get tiny hot dogs, or I'll take you to, to Fazio's next door, and we'll have amazing pizza. But we'll wait on John here, and I'll try this white dog. But uh, should we ask him what color the soap was when he comes out? That's my favorite question to ask anyone. I'm going to tell a secret. It's my wife's my wife's thing. Anytime somebody goes to the bathroom and you're at a bar or you have kids, ask them what color the soap was. You really want to see if somebody washed their hands. You will really jack people all the way up. Um, it's my favorite thing to do is ask people what color the soap is. I don't think we'll do that to John because I don't want to. I, I think John washed his hands, but. That's a whole nother thing but uh definitely one of my favorite things yes people ask your children next time they go to the bathroom Be are like hey kids what color was the soap you will see them be like huh what i don't understand." I'm but i love this place um there's just nothing nothing bad about it there's so many cool things going on here uh and even albany as a city we call it small me um, i'm not from here originally i grew up in baltimore but there is no place once springtime comes around, I promise you. Um, let's see, people leaving with bottles right now. Uh, I promise you that once you get here and in the springtime in the Albany area, we've got jazz fest going on. We've got uh, constant concert series is up at um, SPAC. You know, it's just one of those kind of places. And what's the difference? What do we got different here? Oh, that's the age, though. This is what? How old is that? Like, I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on you, John. I'm gonna right. make this happen. This is waiting on you. I was talking about all the cool stuff, and I and I'm I'm telling you, folks. You, there's the liquor history in this area, and not even just you yeah. know liquor, liquor like John and I are talking about. Even getting into uh beer.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and, and like the whole Daniel Kahn thing, the Albany, Albany Machine.
0: Yeah. I mean, at one point in time. And it's it's finally at when it's rebirth. If you like good beer, Oma gang is a great beer, and Oma gang is in the heart of uh, hops territory. And they have um, like Albany was known for their this area was known for its hops. It's it had an amazing hops. And yes, John, it, my buddy John is saying yes. We just added the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame he is right here and going to be at now the MVP Arena. Oh so, shit. You didn't
1: know that? Yeah, I think me, man.
0: yeah. Like I might have to get choked up with those guys. Yeah, like for look, sure. that would be look, could, could you do it? a bottle with like a little belt on it? Do it we cool. could do a, we could do a bottle with a little champion's belt on it. Love it. Like I have horrible ideas that nobody but me and you are going to buy, John. <laughs> just
1: we'll make, we'll make one, one bottle of that, one bottle with the G20 inside. Yeah,
0: just, just you and I are going to buy it because just you and I are going to be like, this shit's fucking great. This is the greatest thing ever. So white dog, folks. This is my first ever white dog. So it's
1: an unaged bourbon. So it's aged for about half an hour in a used barrel during which time. Nothing happened, but legally we can call it whiskey. Okay. Um, and, so you're going to taste, so it's bourbon, so it's mostly corn. You're, you're t- that's what that smell is. Yep. Uh, Alex has a lot of rye and, and malt barley really? in there, which are grasses, so, so it tastes like corn and grass.
0: That that makes, you know, as soon as, like, I was trying to figure out how to explain that smell, because, like, when I smell the rye or the malt, the malt has a very... Oh,
1: yeah, and this is the, the age bourbon, so that's four years old. So that's the exact same liquid with, you know, four years of oak. Oh. And you can...
0: So you can smell the oakiness. Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's. It, and it, then, it, it, I know it, this does not make for great radio, folks. <laughs> as as it, it's just me going. <sighs> it's ASMR. That's what it is. It's, this is <laughs> yeah. this is my version of ASMR. Yeah, that's
1: what you're into sniffing sounds. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a.
0: Now that you're trying
1: to go to there's sleep a, right now, there's a very small market out there for it. I know you're looking for a time to
0: six. go to sleep, and we're just going uh, to talk about that this here. for a moment. As I <laughs> <laughs> right now, if you're still sticking with John and I, you just listening to zoo jackasses who just want to drink. So let's try the white though. Yeah,
2: I've already started stuff.
0: Now that's different. um
2: oh.
0: I don't even know how to describe that, John. I mean, again, it. it's, it's 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 the
1: corn in the in the, in the grass I mean, corn and the corn malt. That's it. It's the grass that I'm tasting, and that's why it's called the spirit. You get the spirit of what's going into it. Like, you want to think about it, like as the etymology of where these words come from. You're taking this this the essence, the spirit, the essence of, the, of, the spirit. of the grain. Yeah.
0: Clear that up. How did you clear your palate with another whiskey? Well, yeah, you No, know. this is the age. Right. That's got such a how beautiful smell to it. The yeah, age.
1: yeah, a lot happens in the barrel. I mean, it's not just the color, obviously is the most uh, evident thing, but oh. you know, all those flavors are being oxidized, and you're getting the wood, compounds being soaked into it. so there's a you know, it's complex That's very different <laughs> See,
0: that's the caramel in that.
1: Yeah, so and that's from so, so when you when you caramelize lignin, which is what, uh, what makes wood woody, uh, you, you get all those wood sugars, you get the vanilla, vanilla and stuff like so you know it's really
0: it's different. Yeah. So anything any, so we're working on the Empire Rye. Mm-hmm. We got some things going on. Um, anything else coming up Any events where if somebody was. Up in the Capital District, yeah, anything uh, else that's coming
1: up? In a couple of weeks, we're doing um, Drink connected, so part of the Capital Craft oh, Beverage Trail to the you know 50-ish producers in the, in the Capital District. We're, we're a little trade group together, and uh, we used to do three events a year, three, four events a year when COVID hit. Um, and now oh, start, fuck. Start, that's so uh, And Now we're doing our first event on, on the 19th, our first event since COVID hit, so uh, it'll, it'll, be at the, it'll be a tasting event at the Museum of Science and' next um, I think that's so
0: fitting the Museum of science
1: I mean it really it's it's because it it's science it, is.
0: it really is yeah. so it, so that's coming up when
1: in the room of, chem- of chemistry like alchemy chem- well, that's where you know all started all was making turning specimens. one thing into another alchemy is turning yeah. one thing into another and that's yeah. what you guys do yeah.
0: so and that's when uh March 19th And how long before we're going to be across the country?
1: Whiskey, I don't know. Too many terms. But the vodka's. Vodka's in California, Florida right now. Um, We're getting out there.
2: We're getting out there.
0: Just hoarding yourself out there. Yeah, hey. do 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 what you got to do. (laughs) Pimping ain't easy. (laughs) it's fun. Oh, I love it. John, this has been such a blast. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you having us. My pleasure, man. Um, we didn't get fully into D and D chat. That's going to be some nerdy shit. Yeah, That'll be round two. Yeah. Round two, some extra nerdy shit. Get your,
1: get your Lincoln up here, everybody.
0: Uh, well, that's the whole thing. We got to get Lincoln to come up here, and we'll get him to write write an entire article. Because, I mean, he's legit. Yeah, huh? He's, I mean,
1: I'll take your word words. for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Take, don't take my word for it. Take his word. <laughs> um, as we always do on every episode. You get the last word. So what's the last word of the day?
1: Uh, thanks for sticking through. <laughs> sticking <laughs> to that, man. Right? And thank you
0: for uh, for having me. All righty, folks. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your
2: favorite podcasts are found.